It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. And joining me today is the first coach in women's basketball history to take two different schools to national titles, 1970 with Fullerton and 1978 with UCLA. She's an Olympic silver medalist in 1976. She went to five AIAW Final Fours. She was enshrined into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1999 with her 436 and 196 career record. She is, of course, the legendary Coach Billy Moore. Coach Moore, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Kyle. So let's get started with just sort of a quick look back at the longevity and constant excellence of your career. So that is something that you stretched over decades. But to win a national championship in your very first year at Fullerton is remarkable. Can you talk about how that experience might have colored your expectations and maybe even your coaching style at such a young age? Well, you know, first of all, I think uh, any coach will tell you that uh, we're only a product of what kind of players or what kind of talent we have. And I was very fortunate that I inherited uh, a very talented group of young ladies and, uh, you know, obviously had a great, uh, uh, great opportunity. But I think what it did was give you a look at the fact that you could, uh, you know, reach that level. And once you've, once you've had success and played uh, at that level, then it's something you aspire to every year. And, you know, I think from my standpoint, to so they experienced that. And I was fortunate because um, I had been a, a graduate student at Southern Illinois, and um, we, had, we had taken, we had taken um, uh, a, a Southern Illinois team back to the national championship, so that was my first exposure to that, and so obviously uh, when I came to Fullerton, then that was, you know, right away, here's this goal, I must go for it, and I was fortunate enough to, to uh, participate, and then uh, very fortunate to have a, a talented player that we won the championship. It's remarkable, too, because so much of your story uh, really straddles the line. It ushers in the modern era of women's college basketball, and of really of just modern basketball, period. Well, you know, I, first of all, I was pretty fortunate that I, as I think the person that had a, a great impact on my life was Charlotte West. I was at a, a basketball institute. I was teaching uh, in a junior high school in Kansas and, and went to a, a, a basketball institute in, at Indiana State, and we ended up on the, uh, on the same team. And she recruited me to come to Southern Illinois to get my master's degree, and I always say if it had not been for her, I probably would have retired from a junior high school teaching in, in uh, Topeka, Kansas. But <laughs> then, you know, having done that and then, then got involved, uh, uh, I had played softball at, at a high level. My father had played for my father, and he retired and, and uh, got recruited back to uh, play with Ray Bestis. And a uh, teammate was Lou Albrecht, and she was at Cal State Fullerton, and she was leaving to go into – uh, private business and, you know, just through conversation, uh, wanted to see if I had an interest in, you know, maybe applying for the position and, and obviously the chance to coach and at that time the chance to coach and be an administrator. And, and really what what the draws for me to Cal State Fullerton was a chance to work in uh, uh, professional education to really work with preparing uh, teachers to become teachers and not really the athletic draw. But uh, so... A lot of times we're just, you know, we have to be in the right place at the right time and have the right people uh, intersect with our lives. 
and and of course have the kind of incredible intense excellence that coach Billy Moore did and so in the meantime well your Fullerton teams are basically changing the women's game forever and the passage of Title IX in 1972 you're also tapped as the first ever Team USA women's basketball coach for the 1976 Montreal games can you give me a sense of that of that pressure and the excitement all wrapped into one from an international perspective well, Carl, you know, to be asked to be, to represent your country uh, in the Olympics is, I, I don't know if there's an honor that ever will come close to rising to that same level. And, um, you know, we were pretty all novice because it was, as you said, the first time for a basketball to be, uh, for women's basketball to be an Olympic sport and uh, to get to uh, get involved. I had been involved internationally in 73, starting with the World University Games in Moscow and then was involved uh, on, uh, with the Pan Ams and World Championships the previous year, and then, you know, when was, was uh, uh, selected to coach the Olympic team, it was, you know, it was an exciting time, and, you know, we just, uh, we went about it in a, in a way that I think helped the growth of women's basketball, because we we put uh, trials, we wanted to make sure that everyone, I, I remember very much being involved and saying we wanted to give every young lady an opportunity to play, and so... We had regional tryouts where, you know, people could, could come and, and go through a tryout, and then we brought them together in a, in a, um, a final tryout to select the, the team. And, uh, um, you know, at the time, I, I think during the time, you just you get so overwhelmed and so busy, but it was a, it was a unique opportunity. And I, I remember telling our players that, um, you know, we had to go and we had to qualify first. And so we, we spent all our time preparing and, and getting ready to try to go to Hamilton, Ontario with uh, 16 other countries, I mean, 22 other countries to try to earn one of the two spots uh, in the Olympics in uh, uh, Montreal. How important do you think that experience, that international, that, that world stage experience was in your move almost immediately after from Fullerton to UCLA. Do you think that that international exposure sort of made that next move possible? Well, I think, you know, obviously my years at Cal State Fullerton were, you know, fantastic and I enjoyed it and I will always be deeply indebted for them, you know, uh, believing in me and, and giving me the opportunity. But I think once Title IX came in that it was just a matter of time before you knew that the program's that dominated and, you know, had the resources and had the marketing and had that, we're going to be the clearly the dominant, but uh, we're going to be the dominant programs in uh, women's basketball. And so, you know, when the, uh, when the uh, opportunity was there, to, it was hard for me to leave Cal State Fullerton, but when the opportunity there was to go to UCLA, well, um, you know, I obviously took that, I jumped at that chance and uh, um, enjoyed it. And if you look, if you look at the early history of the AIW, um, you see programs such as Cal State Fullerton and Delta State and Immaculata and, you know, Southern Connecticut. Those were the dominating programs of women's basketball, and it didn't take long before what you now call the Power Five conferences to really be the ones that uh, are the ones who now are the main players in the game. Of course, in true Billy Moore fashion, you don't just show up at UCLA. You win a national title with one of the most legendary teams the women's game has ever seen. Uh, can, can you talk about what made that particular team that particular year so special? Well, you know, I guess what I should have done, Kyle, is I should have 
change jobs more. It seems like going the first year was the magic thing. Uh, but no, obviously, again, uh, going in and and when you when you first come in and start take over a program, you know, start a program, come in the program. The first thing you have to do is, I think, get you have to get the players to buy in. And um, you know, I had one of the, the key players I had coached against. You know, obviously coached against UCLA, the team for three years at Cal State Fullerton, and. So, and the head coach, Ann Myers uh, Drysdale, was on the Olympic team, so I, I knew her. And so when I, you know, took the job at UCLA, it was a pretty a pretty easy transition. But they were uh, they were a remarkable uh, uh, group of young ladies. And, you know, they did um, uh, both. If you look at the people back and you look at the Olympic team and you look at, like, a UCLA, you know, they were a very high-powered offensive team that was very aggressive and, and uh, just enjoyed playing the game, and uh, obviously had a had uh, the, for me the thing that will always stand out in that is that it was a championship where both uh, where my my mother and my father both were, were got to be in attendance, and uh, that was that was a very important part because my father had such an impact in my life and getting into coaching. And and looking back at the attendance figures at that championship game, not only were your folks there, but approximately eight thousand nine hundred and ninety-eight other people were there too at the time. At the time, it was it was a record. I mean, really blew blew away the previous record of number of people to watch a women's basketball game. Was was that moment in your estimation the official arrival of the women's games modern era? Well, I think most people credit that. You know, it was the first time the women's basketball had a Final Four concept and so for it to be a final four and for you know for we were very you know UCLA was selected you know long before I mean UCLA was decided long before I had decided you know we had even accepted the job there so there's a there's a built-in there's an extra built-in pressure when you know that you're hosting the final four for your team to you know they there's an expectation that your team makes it to that final four and then there's an expectation that they your team gets to the finals and uh, for the, the you know with all, all that added pressure, you know the the players obviously were up to that challenge and to play in that. I remember walk at the moment I you know they say we don't remember days we remember moments. The moment I always remember is uh, walking into Poly um, for the championship game and for there to be you know over nine thousand people there and when they you know uh, the reaction uh, and the support that they gave. And I think that was a, in a great way indicated that there, the, the viability of uh, women's basketball being something that the, the people would uh, support. And in fact, it's, it's remarkable. You, you fast forward all these decades later, and now it is one of the biggest draws on the sports stage. Finally, coach Billy Moore, what does it mean to be working with the hall of fame at this stage in your life? Well, I think, you know, anytime you can surround yourself with uh, the quality of people that are involved are in in the Hall of Fame, obviously for what they've achieved, but I think in the, what the, the staff and the, the uh, administration and everything and this, the community of Springville has done to support the Hall of Fame, that, you know, from my standpoint, um, you know, it's been a, it's, it's been what they've given me, you know, they give you a lot of, uh, recognition, a lot of support, and so anything you can do to give back, uh, that's something I have always wanted to do, and I, I mean, it's uh, my pleasure to, to do and help in any way I can uh, that continues uh, growth and making sure that the Springfield Hall of Fame will be there for many years to come. 
one of the most important teachers the women's game has ever seen and one of the most iconic figures that will ever step foot on the 90-foot hardwood. Billy Moore was the first coach in women's hoop history to take two different schools to national titles. She won an Olympic silver medal in Montreal in 76, went to five AIAW Final Fours, and she was enshrined in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1999. Coach Moore, thank you again. This was so meaningful. Well, thank you, Kyle, for uh, taking the time. 